But if you would open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. Yeah, for those of you who don't know who we are, my name is Sarah, and this is my husband Ryan. He is the worship and spiritual life pastor here at Abundant Life Church, and I'm actually his coordinator. So I also work a couple hours um, during the week in the offices here at the church, and I really enjoy that. I feel really lucky to do that and just work side by side with you and be more a part of ministry. So I like it too. Yeah, it's good. It is cool. Um, it's cool. I like working with my wife. It, yeah, it's great. You know, we worked it out. When we're at church, you're the boss, and we're at home, I'm the boss. So it works out great. Come on, you guys know that that's true. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. So we moved here from Minnesota 10, almost 10 years ago, 10 right. in March. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's kind of crazy. And we're going to celebrate our 15th wedding anniversary on Tuesday, yes. New Year's Eve. So that's very exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. yeah. And we have two girls. Uh, we've got a picture here. They're actually down front. Lana is nine, and she is our performer. She loves anything you can do on a stage. So singing, dancing, acting, she's a hoot. And Audrey is seven, and she's our little firecracker. She's athletic and smart and outgoing and very passionate. Yeah. We'll say it that she way. She loves gymnastics. She's passionate. Oh, yeah. She loves gymnastics, yeah. and she's fun. So that's us. That's us. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're glad you're here with us. But uh, Joshua chapter 24, we're going to pick things up in verse 14. So if you're there, say, oh yeah. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worship when they live beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served? Beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I love that declaration. We will serve the Lord. That's awesome. You know, in this day and age, there are so many things to distract us from serving the Lord, right? And maybe you find that your family tends to serve money or entertainment or electronics or athletics or even education, and none of those things are bad at all. But if we're not careful, we can let those things take precedence over the eternal mindset that we're supposed to have as Christ followers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, your family is your number one mission field. Did you know that today? Your family is your number one mission field. Husbands, wives, your spouse is your number one mission field. We've got to be working at home, we're responsible to set the tone and the standards and the boundaries within our home. And just like Joshua, you have to make a conscious decision for yourself, for your family to serve the Lord. Yep, that's right. And, you know, if you're here today, you're a student or young adult, you might be thinking, oh, this is another parenting or marriage sermon. I'm out of here. Don't leave. Because there's a lot here that's applicable to you guys as well. In particular, this next question that I want to ask you What things from your childhood do you or do you not want to see in your life now or in the future? So we're going to do something now called examining the blueprints. So um, every kid in here, we got all the kids in here with us today. Raise your hand. Give me a little wave. Yeah. Can we give it up for our kids' motions team too? Yeah. yeah, That was kind of cool. They were awesome. They are great little worshipers. I love it. All right. Kids, make some noise. There it is. Now it feels like kids' ministry. That's awesome. Good job. All right, so kids, I want you to look at the adult who brought you here today. Look at the grown-up next to you. 
Don't touch them, just look at them, okay? <laughs> look with your eyes, and I want you to picture them as a kid, the same age as you, okay? So they're probably missing their two front teeth there. Maybe they got a big cowlick, or their mom cut their bangs too short, so their hair's kind of messed up. They got holes in their jeans on the knees, and maybe, maybe they, they stink because stink they refuse to take a shower. <laughs> I know kids like that. So if you're an adult in this room, you were once a child. Duh. And everyone has a childhood, right? Yeah. So whatever you experienced or are now experiencing in your childhood is your blueprint. And our default setting is to repeat the past. Right. Fortunately or unfortunately, right? So in Deuteronomy 11:18 through 20, God is talking to his people about what he has commanded them. And I like how the message version puts it. He says, place these words on your hearts. Get them deep inside you. Tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder. Teach them to your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning until you fall into bed at night. These are the good things that God gave them for their homes and their families and their future generations. And we all grew up with a family, whatever it looks like, a home, whatever that might have looked like, and a normal, right? Because whatever we were exposed to as children, we probably just assumed was normal for everyone. Um, But someone spoke words to you, and they sank deep in your heart. Somebody taught you things and reminded you of things wherever you may have lived, sitting at home, going about your day, from the time you got up in the morning until you went to bed at night, somebody gave you a blueprint. So what were those things? Were they good? Were they not so good? Probably a little bit of both for most people. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I want to ask you guys, what are some things that you saw in your families growing up that you now see in yourself as you're starting to repeat the past, right? Couples, What did you see in your parents' marriage that you now see in your own? Students and young adults, what did you see in your families that you now swear you will never do? Spoiler, you will. But unless you make a conscious decision, you will repeat the past. So for example, oh, well, first of all, I want to raise some hands here. How many of you guys have had this moment like I have had where you said something or did something And then you just had this shocked look on your face and you said, OMG, I am my mother or I am my father. (laughs) That is a sobering moment, (laughs) let me tell you. No. (laughs) No. So, for example, my mom yelled a lot. She just yelled all the time. And I didn't really think anything of it because it was normal. I didn't like it, but that's just the way it was. And then I grew up and I started having kids and I thought, I am never going to yell at my kids. (laughs) There is no reason for that. I'm going to have self-control, and I'm never going to raise my voice at my kids. Well, turns out I was very wrong about that. I yell at my kids all the time. I don't yell at my husband, just to be clear. I don't yell at you. Just my kids. Thank you. Yep. So, and I hate it. I don't like it. I'm trying to do better. You are doing better. Thank you. Yeah, she she does. She's she's doing better. She's she's been working on it. We all have things we're working on. But yeah, that's a blueprint that was imprinted on you in growing up. And you're working through that and processing that. I have blueprints of my own. I didn't grow up in a healthy home. And, um, you know, there were multiple divorces. And 
I felt like some of the blueprints that were imprinted on me um, were really unhealthy. And then after I got saved, I remember looking at the Bible and looking at the things that God says are available for all believers. And I'm like, yeah, this, this doesn't add up for me. And in examining my family's blueprints, I made a decision to exclude those things from my life and from my future. And this, is, this precedes marriage, but even if you're married now, you can do these things. It's never too late to make a decision to start a better future. You can make that decision today. But I remember things like lying and cheating, rage, anger, addiction, you know, unhealthy conflict resolution and communication. I mean, those were things that I didn't want to carry with me into my future. And I definitely didn't want that in our marriage. I remember thinking, you know, we were dating at the time and I'm like, I don't want this stuff to exist in our relationship. And it's hard, right? Because you're kind of conditioned to act or talk or be a certain way. We kind of have to fight against that. And then knowing that we're going to have kids someday, I mean, there were things that we were both like, no, we want something better for our kids. But sometimes you don't know how to get that better that God has for you. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about that now. Yeah, well, God tells us in his word how to be better. In Romans 12, 1, it says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. I want to be changed from the inside out. Yeah, me too. That's awesome. The only way we're going to change is if we make a decision and put some action behind it, right? Absolutely. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. Yeah. And what blueprints need to be examined in your own life? You know, what happened in your childhood or in the life of your family growing up? But what's in your family now that you need to take a look at and say, we need some new blueprints? You know, I've had people ask me uh, this question before outside of the Bible, what is the book that has impacted your life the most? And every time it's this book right here, it's called The Most Healthy Spirituality. And Pastor John and Kristen, they've preached on this before. Uh, we've done other things here at the church in coordination with this book. But this book has dramatically impacted my life. I've given away more copies of this book than any other book. People come into my office like, Pastor Ryan, I need help with something, or I got this going on in my life or my marriage. I, I have these in my office, and I just hand them this book. And I'm like, please read this book. I mean, and it's not to replace the Bible. I mean, of course, I'm always like, read your Bible. What does the Bible say about marriage? But this author, Pete Scazzaro, goes into a lot about the health and the emotional and spiritual unhealth that we're living in. And it needs to be examined, just like those blueprints we're talking about. You know, just for a quick example, one thing that he talked about in here, um, there's just three pages in this entire book where he talks about expectations. And he said that every disappointment in life, every frustration and every fight that you get in with your spouse, it's a result of an unmet expectation. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I never really thought about that. But sometimes we put expectations on other people that they're not aware of. Mm-hmm. So they can't meet those expectations. Or sometimes there's expectations that just aren't clarified. Or maybe there are clarified expectations, but they don't meet them. And instead of just getting angry and fighting and yelling at each other, it's, it, he said, go back to the expectation. Was it clear? Was it agreed on? And... 
that really changed my life. And I realized not just as a husband and as a father, but even as an employee, there are expectations I need to clear up with my boss. As a friend, I needed to clear up expectations with, you know, the people that I spent my time with. And this is a blueprint that existed in my life um, in an unhealthy way. And, and God wanted to rewrite that blueprint. He wanted to give me something that would provide more health and, and more happiness that's in alignment with what God has for me in the best possible life. So if you haven't read this book yet, I highly encourage you to pick it up and read it. Yeah, they've got different versions, emotionally healthy woman, emotionally healthy leader. It's really great. Um, one of the things Pastor John mentioned this past week at our Christmas Eve services was about our desire for the instantaneous, right? We all want instant change, instant improvement, but we lack the willingness and the endurance and the discipline to carry it out, right? Change, real change takes time. Yeah. Just like when you said you were reading that book, you had to do a lot of soul searching, mm -hmm. um, you know, look back in your past, you had to um, apply things over and over again until they actually stuck. It didn't right. happen overnight. Um, and so we have to decide the changes we want to make, put a plan in place, and that will help us get there and stick with it. And it's definitely worth it. Right. Well, you know, let's just kind of get real for a minute. I mean, New Year's is coming up, right? So how many of us are going to make a New Year's resolution having to do with like fitness or health or weight loss or anything? Just a show of hands. <laughs> There's a lot of liars here today. <laughs> um, okay. I was expecting more hands raised. Of course, I'm raising my hand because I feel like I make that resolution every year, but it's the end of the year and nothing's really different. <laughs> Why is that? I mean, how many of us would love just to like instantaneously be in shape or instantaneously lose weight? Yeah, okay, yes. Thank you for your honesty over there. I'm the same way, but that's how we do life, right? I mean, we just kind of want the instant and then we lack the discipline and the willingness and, you know, that, that endurance to see the thing through. I mean, how many of us will make this resolution this week and then come like January 3rd, we're like, yeah, it was a good effort. Good effort. I tried. We'll shoot it. We'll shoot for it next year, you know? <laughs> Maybe you make it a month or a couple of months. I mean, that's good. But how many people really like make that life change? It's really hard, you know, but we do that in our spiritual life as well. We want something better for our life, for our family. I mean, maybe you're here every week or if we're being honest, a lot of us, we're not here every week. We only come like once a month, you know, we don't really read our Bible that often. Maybe pick it up once a month or talk to God maybe once a week. I mean, can we just be honest for a moment? I mean, Life's busy, and we don't prioritize God like we should. I say we because I'm including myself in that. And that's not what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to just live this kind of subpar Christian life. We, as your pastors, we want you to be equipped to live a successful Christian life. But you have to examine the blueprints that have led you to where you're at in that, in your life, in your family, in your marriage, because you're missing out on the absolute best that God has for you. So examine those blueprints and make a decision for what the future is going to be for your life. Make a decision for what the future is going to be for your marriage and for your family. And if that means going to church every week because you haven't been, then do that. If that means picking up your Bible or opening the Bible app and reading it every day, do that. Stick with it. If that means you need to pray more and talk with God or pray more with your spouse or pray with your kids as a family, then do that. But don't just decide it in your head. Make a decision, speak that out, make a commitment to your family, then hold each other accountable. See that thing through because you guys will be better for it. Absolutely. That's really good. We want to give you today three keys for a happy and healthy home. You know, this home sweet home um, that we're 
talking about looking at blueprints was kind of the first step of this, but we want to give you three keys. Like, okay, you looked at the blueprints. You realize there needs to be some change. So now what? And the first thing is build your house on the rock Jesus because he's the foundation that you need. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. If you're going to have a happy and healthy home, if you're going to live a successful Christian life, you need to build your house on the rock, Jesus Christ and his word. The Bible says that God's word is alive. It says it's alive and it's active in Hebrews 4, 12. Isaiah 55, 11 says, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will always accomplish what I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. God's word is alive, church. It's active. It accomplishes what it is sent out to do. And so for you as a believer, if you're single today, for your life, if you're married today, for your marriage, or if you're a parent, for your family, when you read God's word and you speak it out loud, and you allow the truths and the promises of that word to rewrite the blueprints of your life, you create a foundation for God to build your life on. Yeah, that's really good. In James 1, 22 through 25, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For you, If you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and you do what it says, and you don't forget what you heard, God will bless you for doing it. That's a promise, you guys. That's yeah. a promise straight from God. That if you do what the word says, he will bless you for doing it. Yes, so build your house on the rock. Another key to this home sweet home is healthy communication. Now, both of us, and this may be similar to you as well, we grew up in homes where communication, it wasn't good. It wasn't healthy, especially if there was conflict, right? They would just kind of avoid it. It's like, okay, something went down. We're fighting. We're just going to sweep that under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen. Or we're just going to part ways. And then when we calm down, we can come back and we'll just get on with life. But that's not healthy. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to have healthy communication in our home, in our marriage relationship, and with our kids. Because when you don't communicate in a healthy way, or if you don't allow communication at all in your home, what you're telling your kids or what you're telling your spouse is that it's not okay to have conversations. It's like you're telling them it's not okay for us to be completely honest with each other about what we're struggling or about our questions or our doubts concerning God or whatever else is going on. And if we want our kids to grow up to be healthy adults, parents, we need to be willing to have healthy conversations with them. And we need to have healthy marriages ourselves. But you can't have a healthy relationship with someone that you don't actually communicate with. Your marriage, it's not going to be healthy if you don't have real communication with your spouse. And you're not going to have a healthy relationship with God if you don't talk to him either. But if we're being honest here, I would venture guess saying that most of us have a healthier relationship with our phones than we do with our spouses or our kids. Ouch. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that for applause or for a wow factor, but that's the truth, right? Our kids come up to us, we're on our phones, they want our attention, and we're like, yeah, uh-huh. Parents, we've got to do a better job 
of getting off of our screens, getting off of our mobile phones or whatever iPads or you're looking at. Look your kid in the eye and have a real conversation. Have real conversations with your spouse. Healthy communication has to be at the foundation of a healthy family and home. Otherwise, it's not going to exist. But we want to help you have these healthy conversations. And if you don't know how, go full Oreo. Bringing back the Oreos. <clears throat> so we came up with this to help you remember how to have a difficult conversation if you need to in your house. The first O stands for open. No topic is off limits. So is that something you can say about your marriage or your family or your home, that no topic is off limits? That's kind of a hard thing to say, yeah. but you have to get to that place where you can talk about anything. Right. The second letter R stands for real, and that means honesty. Don't hide your true feelings. Don't lie about them. Say, I'm fine, when you're not fine. Yeah. Don't beat around the bush. Just be honest with each other so you can move forward. That's good. The third letter, E, is for every day. This is not a one-time thing. We usually uh, grow up and talk about the talk, and there's a couple different topics that people have the talk about, but it's kind of outdated because we need to have continual conversations about difficult topics, right? right. Maybe even every day. Um, and then number four is over time. If you do these things, if you're open and honest, every day you will build consistency and safety over time in your home. Yeah, we want you, God wants you to have healthy open and honest conversations in your house. Like, parents, your kid's future is dependent on that. Do you want them having the talk or other conversations with somebody else? Do you want them finding out about the things of the world from the world? Or do you want to guide them through that? Not just present them what the world says about things, but also show them what God says about things. You need to have healthy communication in your house. And the last key is unity in the home. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 25, that every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. No person, no family can live a successful Christian life if there's not unity. And I'm not naive. I know that there are probably a lot of you here today, and Things aren't happy. Things aren't healthy in your life or in your marriage or in your house. Because we've all been through pain and we've all been through disappointments. We've all been lied to and we've all been hurt. That's just a part of life. We always get hurt the most by the people that are closest to us, but we can't stay hurt. And when we get hurt and we push our spouse away from us or push our kids away from us or push our friends away from us. It creates disunity. God wants unity in our homes. I want you to know today that God sees your hurt and he sees your pain. He wants to bring you through it, but more importantly, he wants to see you forgive those that hurt you. I know the idea of unity in a family and in a home, in a marriage, it may seem foreign if that relationship and those relationships are already at odds, but don't let it stay that way. You need to have the courage to forgive. Let God establish a new foundation for you. Allow him to rewrite the blueprints and heal your heart and heal your marriage and home and your family. If you're married today, you and your spouse need to be on the same page spiritually. 
You need to uphold the same values. Neither of you can be on the throne of your home and your marriage. That seat is for Jesus and Jesus alone. But he can't put himself there. You guys have to choose to do that. And if you're a single person here today, don't enter into a relationship with someone that doesn't share similar values to you because it's going to create disunity in that relationship. If you disagree on values, you're going to disagree on a lot more. A happy, a healthy home, a healthy family is unified in their values. So what we wanted you guys to do today, um, these cards are in the seats around you. The idea is that there's one per family, but you can take extra if you want. Um, we wrote a couple of years ago a family mission statement, and it just helped us kind of stay focused and unified, you know, between each other and our kids. Ours is, we will honor God with words that are true and kind and actions that are obedient and helpful. So when you're writing a mission statement, the top couple lines are just to help you get an idea for what you want to say. When you're writing a mission statement, you want to clearly identify the what, the how, and the why. So ours is, we will honor God, how, with words that are true and kind, and actions that are obedient and helpful. And actually, our why is our what. We will honor God because we will honor God. And that is a goal in and of itself. And that's what we want our family to be known for. Right. Um, so... Ask yourself this question, what do we want our family to be known for? Use those first couple lines to guide your goals, and then the bottom part to write a family mission statement. In my opinion, the shorter the better, because it's easier to remember. So it doesn't have to be long and eloquent. Just get to the heart of what you want to have in your family. And part of why this has been helpful for us as parents is when we discipline our kids, we bring them back to this. If they were mean to a friend or to each other, it's, we just go back to this family mission statement. Hey, did that honor God? Did you speak words that were kind? That's not in line with our values as a family. I know a lot of times, I'm not trying to kid ourselves. I mean, when you're parenting, sometimes your kids are like, why? And you're like, because I said so. And that's okay to say that, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but isn't it better just to help our kids understand we're not just giving you rules to follow, but we're helping you in your life. We're wanting to create blueprints and a foundation that is honoring to God. And so we feel like whether you're a, a couple or your family or even if you're single, it's good to identify what your values are. And it's good to identify why you have these values. Just like Joshua said, as for me, my house, my family, we will serve the Lord. And if you're here today, like Sarah said, nothing changes as nothing changes. You've got to make a decision. 2019, it's, it's over. 2020, a new decade, a new year, it's coming. But what is that going to look like for your family? What is it going to look like for your marriage? Have you made that decision yet for you and your family to serve the Lord, to honor God, to give him the best, the entirety of yourselves? Don't allow your past and the blueprints of your childhood or your past to determine your future. God wants to rewrite those blueprints. If you build your foundation on him, be willing to have healthy conversations and establish unity in your homes. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these promises of your word. We thank you. Lord, you have so much available to us as believers. 
And I thank you that even when we are working against ourselves, you're always working for us. And so, Lord, I pray that the truths of your word would take root deep in our hearts and in our spirits. And with that, God, you would help us to have healthier homes, healthier marriages, healthier families, that we would have the absolute best, most successful life that's available to us. Helps to make the decisions we need to make and to stick with them. We know we'll be better for it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you got a few minutes here. Before you leave, we, we have these cards to you. We'd love for you to take a couple minutes as a spouse or as a couple or as a family and maybe just talk through some of these things, talk through some of these values. Write them down. Put them on paper so you guys will know what direction you're heading. And then we've got some Oreos for you as you leave. Maybe you need to have an open and honest conversation later today as a family. Go full Oreo. Don't forget the milk. Yes. Gotta have milk. We pray you guys have a wonderful week in the Lord. Be blessed.